Hello, I'm Eric Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today we'll be talking about what Kol Nidra is and why it's important. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome to another very special podcast as we are in the midst of the fall feast. This past weekend, we celebrated Yom Teruah and Rosh Hashanah. And upcoming at the end of this this weekend, we are going to be having our Kol Nidre service and celebrating Yom Kippur at our synagogue. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about what Kol Nidre is because I had no idea what Kol Nidre was before I started on this journey, I think until I actually started going to a congregation, I'd never even heard of it. So yeah, neither had I. Just so you know, my husband is also on this podcast with me. Thank you for introducing yourself. Kind of, this Hello. is my husband Ben. Um, I also want to let you know that we are dealing with a double portion, technically speaking, this week, simply because we have typically your tour portion for Shabbat, which is on Saturday. And then we also have the Torah portion for Yom Kippur. So I'm going to give you both of those. For the Shabbat Torah portion, you have Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 1 through 52. The half Torah is 2 Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 through 51. And the Brit Hadashah is actually a few broken up parts of Romans chapter 10, verses 17 to chapter 11, verse 12. Then you have chapter 12, verse 19, and chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. I would just encourage you to just read that whole thing. That would just be what I would say, but teach their own, I guess. For Yom Kippur, you have Leviticus chapter 16, verses 1 through 34, and Numbers chapter 29, verses 7 to 11. The half Torah portion is Isaiah chapter 57, verses 14 to chapter 58, verse 14. The Brit Hadashah is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 10 through 21. That is a whole lot of reading that hopefully I encourage you guys to read this week. And also myself and my husband, because sometimes we don't read it every single week like we should. But well, I mean, um, together, I should say. I was going to say, because we have to, a Bible study every Monday. So That's I have true. to read it every That's... week to make sure I'm prepared for the, the Bible study. So I'm, I'm being a good doobie. I can't speak for you on that one. Right, I right. I see how it is. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so could you elaborate more on what Kol Nidre actually is, or do you want me to read off of my insight? No, I'll, I'll, let okay. me let me get out what I have first, and then you know you can supplement with that uh, okay. as needed. Okay. So it really, in my mind, is uh, the culmination of the season of repentance and restoration that we're in. The forty days of Elul into the ten days of Awe into Kol Nidre, and then finally cumulate or culminating with uh, Yom Kippur. This is almost like a, a final preparatory phase, a final chance for us to get right, to make sure that we have, you know, we've taken that 40 days to repent and to reconcile with our neighbor and with our brother. And now we're taking an opportunity to re- repent and reconcile with God and to make sure that we are in a right standing with him before we go into, into the Yom Kippur day. Um, Kol Nidre means all vows. And the idea is that all of the vows that we've taken over the year to God that we have been able to, are unable to fulfill, that we are repenting for and we're asking that God would uh, act as if we had never taken those vows, that he would forgive us for, for making those rash vows. Because his word says that whatever you say you're going to do, 
you need to do it. If you vow something, you need to fulfill it. And this is why Yeshua himself later on in the New Testament will say, don't swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. What is let, that, where is that found? Uh, I don't have the actual, uh, oh, here it is. Uh, Matthew uh, 5, 34 through 37. I, I didn't quite get to finish the uh, verse, but it says, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, for whatever is more than this is from the evil one. Because God's word in the Torah says, whatever you say that you're going to do, you're required to fulfill that. You don't have to go through some special formula to make a vow. What you say you're going to do is what God is going to hold you uh, responsible for. And the idea at Kol Nidre is a time when we ask for forgiveness for that so that we can be made right before Yom Kippur so that God will inscribe our name in you know, the book of life and not in the book of death. Now, all of this is from the pre-Messiah point of view. Now, we know that Messiah came and that he uh, atoned for us with his blood. But just like we know that that happened, we also know that we're going to see the fulfillment of that at a future Yom Kippur. And we are you know, rehearsing for that every year when we do these fall feasts. Um, something else that's interesting is that Kol Nidre is not going to be found anywhere in the Bible. This is a later development that came about. Uh, the rabbis saw a need. They saw a need for repentance and renewal. And so they instituted this. Now, we are very fond of saying that when it comes to traditions, whether they're American traditions, whether they're English traditions, whether they're rabbinic traditions, whether they're any kind of traditions, you need to look at them individually. You need to examine them and see whether they are a good tradition or they are a bad tradition. Another way to think about it is you need to learn to eat the meat and spit out the bones. And in my estimation, in my study of the word, in my study of what God wants us to do, I think this is a good tradition. Again, it's the the culmination of our season of repentance that is the month of Elul and the 10 days of awe leading up. It's like our, our final preparatory phase, our final check. You know, my, my military background is coming out. Our final pre you know check before we go into that event before we go into Yom Kippur to, to be made right with God to be atoned for yeah and I know like when I first heard about this I was like why is this even important in fact first couple of years you went by mm -hmm. yourself because I stayed home with the kids mm -hmm. because it's at night and it's our congregation is an hour away right and the kids and, were younger and the kids were younger and I was like I don't want to have to drive all the way up there and then the next day we have to spend all day there and not even eat like mm -hmm. It's just too much. I don't really see the importance of this. I don't even know if it's important to actually observe or, or go to. And I finally went. Was it last year or the year before? Might have been last year or the year yeah. before. Yeah. And I was like, man, I've really been missing out. This is probably the most beautiful service that we do during the fall feast. Mm -hmm. It's just the everything that, that is said, the song, um, it's just it's The beautiful. prayer is a beautiful, yeah, beautiful the prayer. prayer is a beautiful prayer. And um, if you are able to go to a congregation for a cold nutrient service, I would encourage you to go, you know, hopefully Absolutely. it's a messianic, but if mm -hmm. not, you know, yep. um, see what it's about and see um, how you feel about it afterwards. But there's a lesson there, you know, you kind of, and this could be the story of our entire walk with Yeshua. <laughs> you resisted for a while. And then after you finally broke down and went, you realized how you, you've been missing something. Yeah. Like what would have hurt you to have gone five years before? And if you had decided, okay, this isn't for me, never to have gone again. Right. Before you decide something is not of the Lord, before you decide something isn't, give you know, it a shot. So, yeah, give it give it a shot. You know, give give it the Pepsi challenge, as it were, and 
go and try these things. You know, we all, too often we we prejudge things and we decide this is not of God or this is God before we actually get there and feel, you know, the, the spirit that's in the air and see the true purpose that's behind it. And maybe hear it explained from a different point of view that someone else has that you haven't thought about before. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. What's the Pepsi challenge? You try it and see if you like it. Is that, that what that is called? Yeah, the Pepsi challenge. Like, you know, Coke, Pepsi, try it and see which one you like better. Blind okay. taste, blind taste test. Okay. I'm, just, I'm, I'm letting my it. age show, I guess, apparently a bit. I mean, we're the same age and I'm not sure I'm familiar with that, but okay. Well, we'll let it slide I'm this two time. two years older than you. You, know. you now, are 16 going on 17. I will I'm say, older than wiser. <laughs> this is also uh, the shortest service I think that Best Simca ever does mm-hmm. uh, all year long because it's like half an hour, like maybe an hour tops. Right. And then you can go back home if you well, if you so desire. Yeah, the reason is, I mean, you kind of have to. It's at night, but I mean, you could socialize afterwards. True, true. But the the whole idea, like, why is this such a short service? Well, it's actually one of five Yom Kippur services. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it that way, Yom Kippur as a whole is a, a decently long event. You know, it's all day. Um, and if you really want to look at it, it's twenty four hours from sunset to sunset. We start Kol Nidre, ideally at sunset. Um, so it really is the first service of Yom Kippur. Right. And then you come back the next morning and you have the morning service. And then you go home for a little bit. And you have the next service a, little, a couple hours later and so on and so forth throughout, throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, when the sun goes down, you, after you had the last service, you would traditionally you know, break your fast there at the at the congregation with you know your, your fellow believers. Yeah. Now, we don't necessarily do that every time at our congregation simply because well, most where people would we, don't yeah, live. Where would we send the people? We have people drive two hours to get there. Exactly. So, so it's not like, oh, go home for like an hour and then come back. It's like, but, oh, I live farther away than that. Which is really funny to me because Ethan and Valerie are the ones that live like two, two and a half hours away. Yeah. And they're the ones pu- pushing for the all day service. So, but uh, you have to be sensitive to other people. And especially, you know, where are we going to send you? Are they going to come back? So we'll usually have like between 15, 20, sometimes up to 30 minute breaks in between services. Yeah. But it's still going to be a, a, a very long you know, service. Kol Nidre is probably our shortest service and Yom Kippur proper the next day is probably almost certainly our longest service. Uh, liturgically speaking, yes. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is because it's not like we have during normal Shabbat services, we have uh, dancing, we mm-hmm. have the flag music. It's a time of celebration, worshiping and praising the Lord. Yep. Um, you have a sermon mm-hmm. and um typically for us anyways when it comes to yom kippur and the feast we do kind of stick stick to a poor uh, a script per se uh, but you know, well we have we a do. we have a plan we yeah. we we never stick to the plan but we, you know, <laughs> well that's the holy spirit working well, yeah absolutely yeah. that's the good thing anyone who goes into the event you know, like this or, or you know into a service without a plan is doing themselves a disservice and anyone that's upset when their plan doesn't go exactly as it's you know supposed to is doing themselves a disservice as well yeah because you got to always have room for the Ruach HaKodesh mm-hmm. to move throughout um, whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's in a congregation or it's in a home setting with your family. Um, I know, especially when we had smaller children, um, we would try to do things at home and they almost never actually worked out too well. well. I would say other than like our Passover seders, I always thought were pretty successful. I would say like basically it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to be planned because oh, yeah. no, no, life not. happens, children happen, <laughs> everything happens, you know, so you never know exactly how things are going to go. So it's, it's a good reminder that's like, don't beat yourself up if it's not exactly the way that you want it to be, because maybe it's just the way that God wants it to be. Correct. So um, I was not actually planning on having a very long podcast, especially if I was going to do... Mm-hmm. 
it on Col Nidre because Col Nidre is not long. Um, right. There's not that much to say, too much to say about it. There I will give you. There's a little bit of controversy actually with Col Nidre though. Well, it actually talks about this in here. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and. Um, so I was looking up, you know, what is it actually important to celebrate Col Nidre? And um, there's a lot of different articles, but I evidently took me to Encyclopedia, the Britannica uh, Encyclopedia, and it says Col Nidre. In Aramaic, it means all vows. In Hebrew, does it mean all vows mm -hmm. as well? Yeah. Okay. A prayer sung in Jewish synagogues at the beginning of the service on the eve of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. The name derived from the opening words also designates the melody to which the prayer is tra traditionally chanted or canted, mm -hmm. I think. Though equally ancient versions exist in Hebrew and Aramaic, the Aramaic is generally used in the predominant Ashkenazic and Sephardic rites. The prayer begins with an expression of repentance for all unfulfilled vows, oaths, and promises made to God during the year. Some Jewish authorities contend that even fulfilled vows are included since the act of vowing itself is considered sinful. Did Correct. you want to add anything? Not just yet. Okay. According to some historians, forced Jewish converts to Christianity in 7th century Spain recited the Kol Nidre to annul oaths forcibly extracted from them by their persecutors. All that is known with certainty, however, is that the prayer was used as early as the 8th century. Rabid anti-Semites in the European Middle Ages, brushing aside the repeated Jewish assertion that the absolution referred only to matters between God and man, used the prayer as a pretext to question the trustworthiness of all oaths taken by Jews in Christian courts. Fears of misunderstanding led to the elimination of the Kol Nidre from the Reformed Jewish liturgy in the 19th century but a revised form was reintroduced in 1945. Yeah, not only did it uh, call into question, uh, you know, Jewish people's vows in courts, it also called into question the validity of contracts made between Christians and Jews because they, you know, the, the Christians would say, well, they've got this, this prayer, they pray that, uh, you know, annuls their vows. So how can they be trusted? And the idea that, you know, they didn't understand and wouldn't accept is that, this is a between not man and man, but this is between God and man. We're asking forgiveness and reconciliation and forgiveness of taking vows between us and God. Right. The melody to which the Kol Nidre is sung in the Ashkenazic German Rite became famous when the Protestant composer Max Bruch used it 1880 as the basis for variations for cello. The melody is widely popular because of its plaintive and appealing qualities and can be heard in several variations in different localities. Its origin is unknown, although many unsubstantiated theories have been offered. The earliest known mention of a specific rather than an improvised melody dates from the 16th century. The earliest surviving musical notation is the work of an 18th century cantor, Hazan, Aron Beer, and is closely related to the version used by Bruch. Other composers, such as Arnold Schoenberg, 1938, used the Kol Nidre melody as a basis for musical compositions. The Sephardic, Spanish, Italian, and Oriental Jewish traditions use their own distinct melodies that are unrelated to the Ashkenazic melody. Now, here's an interesting fact that I learned uh, very just recently, actually. Um, so, the very first American-speaking film, so not the very first one that wasn't a silent movie, is a movie called The Jazz Singer, and there is a version of Kol Nidre in that, um, and it's absolutely beautiful. If you wanted to YouTube. Uh, Jazz singer in 1920, uh, either 21 or 27, I think you'll find that. And uh, there's also a, a version that Neil Diamond did uh, when they did a remake of the Jazz Singer, and I believe sometime in the 70s. Really? Yep. And it's a, oh, it's a gorgeous song, gorgeous melody. But you know, that was the first American-speaking film, and it had a, uh, it had Cole Nidre in it. 
Yeah, and I just I I look forward to hearing it every year now, um, when our rabbi sings it because it's just beautiful and you can really hear kind of the heart and soul of the Jewish people right. in the song. So, oh, absolutely. Um, just want to continue to encourage you, especially during this time, to remember that there is forgiveness that we should look at ourselves before we look at others mm -hmm. have introspection see if there's you know ask the lord is there anyone that that we need to to ask forgiveness for um for anything that we might have done or you know forgive others who might have yeah. trespassed against us i mean yeshua says if you uh could bring your offering before the altar and, and you remember that your brother has ought against you leave your offering there beside the altar and go and be reconciled before you bring your offering in other words God is saying, I'm big enough, I'm strong enough to, for you to go and be reconciled to your brother before you bring this offering for me. I know that I come first in your life, but I want you to make sure you're right with your brother before you come to me. Mm -hmm. So this is what we've set the season aside for. But that begs the question. So why do we need to do all this Kol Nidre and Yom Kippur stuff? Can't we have reconciliation and, re and renewal and uh, repentance at any time of the year? Yep. Absolutely. So why do we have to do it? Why do we, why do, we do these things? Well, in the same way that we can rest any day of the week, we are commanded to, and there's time set aside by God to rest on the Shabbat, on the Sabbath. And just like he wants us to, and he were allowed to repent at any time, he has set this time aside during this time of the year for us to repent, to seek restoration, to be introspective, to look at ourselves and not at others, to take the plank out of our own eye before we try to take the speck out of our brother's eye. He set this time aside for it. So you can do this any time of year, but now is the time of year that God has specifically said, you should be doing this right now. Just like you can fast any time, but God set apart Yom Kippur as a time for fasting. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think it's a good thing to do at least once a year, if not more, because we so often get so caught up in our own lives and what's going on with ourselves and Maybe even judging other people instead of really looking at ourselves. Oh, it's so easy to judge others rather than to judge ourselves. Yeah, that we can get so caught up in that that we forget mm -hmm. that we are supposed to be asking for repentance. We are supposed to be repenting for things right. that maybe uh, we don't see as a big deal because maybe our neighbor has a bigger deal going on. At a least in our issue. eyes. In our deal. eyes, exactly. Right. So it's, it's a really good time for us to stop, pause, and just like we rest on Shabbat, take this time to be silent, be still and say, Lord, reveal to me anything that I need to, to fix mm -hmm. in my own life, yep. you know, help me this next year to continue to show forgiveness and grace and mercy and love to, to my neighbor and to love my neighbor as myself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And with that said, I hope that you all have a fantastic week and that you are able to rest on the Shabbat and also Find maybe a, a way to, to see a Kol Nidre service and, and be with like-minded believers on Yom Kippur. Um, it's a lot easier to get through Yom Kippur with like-minded believers than if you're stuck in your house alone. Amen. That's just my, my two cents. Well, God doesn't call us to be alone. Um, he calls us to be part of a community. Yep, he sure does. Mm -hmm. So may you all have a blessed week and tune in next week. Shavuot Tov. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E as in Echo, L as in Lemur, M as in Mike, 
Amazon Mike, Amazon Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. Also feel free to leave me a one minute voicemail message at anchor.fm forward slash Erica Lacasse. There's a button on my Anchor website that says leave a voicemail. Thank you so much. And remember to leave all messages short and sweet and to the point. And I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you.